welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is your host, Marco D'Angelo, along with Vegas Runner, a professional better here in Las Vegas since 1995. Vegas Runner has never held a job. He's made his living solely from betting sports and does extremely well. Also joined by Stephen Nover, a longtime Las Vegas resident since 1984. He's a noted journalist and a well-respected sports handicapper here on the Las Vegas Strip, an NFL and NBA expert. Guys, how you doing today? Never better. NBA playoffs in full swing, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. Uh, Steven, you're our NBA guy. What do you make of the series thus far with, uh, you know, the surprise, the shocker is, uh, you know, which is the biggest shocker, Cleveland being down 3-1, and uh, for those listening, we're taping on Wednesday, so uh, Game 5 of the Laker series will be played tonight, and right now that series is at 2-2, and we have the Cleveland-Orlando series, as I said, the shocker, the Cavaliers down 3-1. Yeah, both series, I think, are surprises. Uh, Before the series started, it was more or less kind of preordained that you just figured it would be Kobe versus LeBron in the finals, but the Magic are up uh, up in their series, and justifiably so. They've outplayed Cleveland. And with the Lakers and the Nuggets uh, going into their Game 5, it's 2-2. But the Nuggets have outplayed the Lakers, and the Lakers are lucky they're not down uh, 3-1 like, like Cleveland. Orlando's just simply put outplaying Cleveland. I mean, in every facet of the game, if you look at it, I think it's because they present so many matchup problems for them. They're doing it with guard play and on the inside. I mean, just look at last night's game. Austin had 26 points, but then inside, Howard had 27. So, I mean, they're beating you inside. They're beating you outside, and uh, Cleveland just doesn't know what to do. LeBron has 44, and the rest of the team does absolutely nothing. And, uh, yeah, it's just not going to get it done against Orlando. What I saw last week with the – or last night, I should say, with the Cleveland team, I mean, I thought when they got it to overtime that Cleveland was going to be able to pull the game out. And then Dwight Howard just, you know, he went he went off in the, the overtime period. And you just don't give – you know, you don't give the big guy dunks inside the way they did. I mean, I think they were so concerned about the outside shot, which they've been getting killed this entire series with the threes by Orlando, that they just left him, you know, uncontested and inside. And you, you can't win. They, they are right now a team that looks like a deer caught in headlights. Well, it's what VR said. They Cleveland has serious matchup problems against this team. Elgaskas is not quick enough to stop Howard inside. And Cleveland's perimeter defense, uh, although uh, in the th- perimeter defense and three-point defense is was probably the best in the NBA, but against this team, Orlando, with Turkaloo and Richard Lewis, their height, those guys are what, six, 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 seven. Right. They're having trouble. They're not tall enough to, to get hands in their faces, and those guys, uh, you can't give them good looks like that. This is a, a terrible matchup for Cleveland. 
my what's surprising me is hearing in the sports books today, um, people still thinking Cleveland's going to come back and win this series. I mean, the odds are just so stacked against them. If you just look historically, um, a team in this position does not win the series very often. I mean, it's four and twenty-four. So I mean, it, it's very much stacked against them right now. Orlando has all the momentum. And like we said, it should have been a sweep if it wasn't for LeBron hitting that three-pointer with no time left. Orlando may very well be sitting back waiting for the Western Conference representative. Well, that's why I was so surprised um, by the odds maker making Cleveland a road favorite against Orlando. They had prior to to, uh, Tuesday night, they had played three times during the regular season at Orlando, and Orlando had won all three games by at least 10 points, by at least double digits. And it just seems like the odds makers are, are reading the public that they're so enamored with, with, with Cleveland, and Cleveland is not the right side here. I'm not saying they can't win this series. They can certainly win Game 5 at home. They're big favorites to do it. They could win Game 7 at home. The key for them is to win Game 6 at Orlando, which... You know, they got real close, but uh, LeBron's got to get tired. He's not getting any help. I just thought that was the, – the oddsmakers did the correct thing, actually, I thought last night with that line, only because the public bet Cleveland. So the books did came out on top. They did well. So as far as serving their clients, the oddsmakers did well by bringing out Cleveland. My reasoning going in, and I took Orlando last night, um, was what changed in the last 48 hours – did, how did Cleveland get three points better all of a sudden? Sure, it's a must-win game for them. But we're talking about the Eastern Conference Finals. Isn't every game more or less a must-win? I, I just don't understand it. Well, it's the absolute zigzag theory. I mean, Vegas knows what the public's going to do. When you've got the marquee team with their backs against the wall, you're going to pay the heavy tariff. Um, unfortunately for me, um, I had uh, Cleveland last night. I thought LeBron and company would get it done. And, you know, you look at the series, the game so far, yeah, Orlando's, you know, won the games and dominated them, and Cleveland was lucky to win the game they won the way it played out at the end. But, you know, people do look at and say the fact, if you want to flip it around, the first two games of the series, Cleveland had large double-digit leads in both of them, and squandered them and and, and Orlando's doing it in reverse I mean in the first two rounds Orlando was the team that had the big leads and was blowing the leads against Philadelphia and against Boston having those droughts now it's the other way around Orlando's fell behind in a couple of these games and managed to come back and win Uh, you know I think Cleveland maybe psychologically once Boston got eliminated, maybe didn't take this team as serious as they should have coming in. What do you guys think of the line uh, um, coming out for, uh, what is it going to be, Friday, seven and a half on Cleveland? Again, you're going to pay a tariff because everybody's going to re- you know, refuse to think that Cleveland's not going to make it to the finals. I don't think the betting public's going to lay the points with Cleveland, do you? Not, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I think they believe Cleveland could come back and win this series. But as far as willing to lay eight with them, seven and a half, I don't know if they're going to do that. That's a lot of points. You may get a lot of people hooking up teasers within the game yeah. and taking Cleveland down and playing with the total. Sure. Um, you know, which I'm not one for, you know, teasing totals. I, I, I don't think there's real value there with a teaser on a total, but a lot of people will do that rather than lay the seven and a half or eight points. Flipping to the other series, 
Denver in the in the, you know their mono mono between the Lakers and Denver and you know just when you think you know the Lakers come back you know they play game three they reestablish the the home court then in game four you know Denver with their backs to the wall I mean let's face it down two one you know your game four at home you need to win that game you go down three one and heading back to LA series is over. Denver responded in this Laker team, which one's going to show up? They, it's like they got to be caged in a corner before they come out and play a full 48 minutes. Well, Denver's been by far the more physical team. And the Lakers, I don't think they're that physical of a team. They're more of a dirty team. If they want to come out there like what Fisher did to uh, Scola with, with Houston. I mean, they can't really match the, the, the physicalness of, of Denver, and it's hurt them in this series. Denver just pounded them on the boards. But I think there's also a, a fatigue factor when you're just saying, well, zigzag, the Lakers will win this game. Consider the fatigue factor. I believe this is the Lakers' 12th playoff game in 23 days, something like that, where Denver's played like uh, eight playoff games during the same time span. They're much more rested. The Lakers screwed around with Houston. That was a draining physical series, and it's caught them in this series because this hasn't been another physical series. So I think you have to consider that if you're going to lay these big points with the Lakers. Uh, the difference in the last game was simple. Kobe got 34 points, and the rest of the team did nothing, pretty much. And, and that's not how, how they win this year. The way they won this year was with Kobe distributing the ball, getting his points, but playing more of a team-style um, game. The difference maker was what we talked about last week. I felt Denver's disadvantage going in was they have absolutely no bench. They're not deep at all. And if the Lakers take them six, seven games deep, I think that may be the difference maker. Um, But what they were able to do in game four was – get points from their bench all of a sudden they got 40 points from smith anderson and kaliza whatever um 40 points from them three was pretty much the difference maker now could this team go and do that in la they've shown they haven't been able to so la having home advantage i think is huge and I believe that will ultimately be the difference maker and that's where i'm gonna look but denver has definitely played them tough you made a good point about the fatigue factor, Stephen. In in Game Four, after the Lakers got Game Three, which their goal had to be coming into Denver is to grab one of the two games. Um, I looked for the over in Game Four, and I've always been a proponent that you know tired teams don't play defense. Now that game was an under for three quarters of the game. But come the fourth quarter, seventy-eight points. They, they put up seventy-eight points in the fourth quarter. There was absolutely no defense. You're playing in the thin air, you know, in, in Denver. That you know definitely factors into the fatigue factor there. Um, we'll see what happens, you know, with the game five tonight. I mean, it, it's crucial. I mean, you guys got to agree. Series tied two-two. Game the team that wins game five most, you know, most yeah. often goes on and wins the series. So yeah, you certainly don't figure Denver to win a game seven in Los Angeles. So tonight's going to be the telling game. Yeah, they sure. they really need this game. Uh, but they beat LA what by nineteen points when Carmelo Anthony missed thirteen of sixteen shots from the floor. They've got people that are stepping up. You know, around them, which going back to Cleveland, that's the problem in the Cleveland series. Nobody other than Kobe or the LeBron is doing anything in that series where Denver is playing team basketball. You know, are you guys surprised at the high lines that they're putting out with these dogs continuing to cover? I mean, in, in the conference final so far, we've seen dog after dog after dog. It's something like two and six. 
um, to the dog. As long as you've got the marquee teams, you know, Lakers and Cleveland, you're going to you're gonna continue to see the tariff. I, that's how I feel. I, I don't know how you guys see it. No, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a great first segment, guys, uh, you know, previewing that. We're going to be back here, second segment. We're going to talk some baseball and uh, – a little uh, poker story is going to hit the uh, second segment here. I, I want to also mention uh, our regular host, R.J. Bell, forgot to mention at the top of the broadcast, um, catching up on uh, some CEO work. Uh, he was uh, out of town over the weekend for uh, his best man's uh, wedding, so uh, he's got some work to do, so we didn't let him come in to do the podcast this week. Uh, we're going to handle it, but he'll be back with us um in the coming weeks and we'll be back with segment two in one moment for free real-time odds lines and scores visit pregamelines.com okay we're back with segment two we're going to be talking some baseball and uh, i just want to go on record right now as saying that i am doing today's uh, podcast i am filing a protest uh, but being the loyal uh, pregame staff member that I am, I agreed to come in and do it. I wasn't going to do it today with Stephen Nover in the office, also known as Stephen Suckout Nover. Uh, this past uh, weekend, uh, you know, we've had our little rivalry here on the podcast with our side bets and everything, me and Stephen. And, you know, and a, you know, there's been a coincidence that his tires were flat a couple weeks in the parking lot. I don't know. You know, there must be nails out there or something. Today, I think your card might be up on blocks. <laughs> he invites me to a poker tournament over the weekend at Sunset Station. You know, I go over, great day, you know, play some cards, you know, have some fun, you know, a little, you know, talk. And, that. and we end up at the final table together, and he's to my immediate left. So we're going to be in, you know, small and big blind all day. Seven players left in the tournament. Steven and I are one, two in chips. You know, it's great. We're, you know, they're paying the top three positions. You know, we're on the way. And, you know, there was a hand before the hand. And uh, it was just a, a situation where I made a play. I, you know, I didn't think Steven had anything. Or if he did, he had a weak hand. Uh, I put him on two overs. And, you know, I just made a bet. And he folded. I never showed the hand. But uh, it bothered him. He, he thought he had the best hand, and he actually did. I had six high in the hand, but it was a semi-bluff. But the next hand, we're in small and big blind, and it folds around to me, and I got ace-jack suited, and I make a hefty raise. I mean, I, I, I didn't move all in, but I made, you know, uh, the blinds were 1600 I made it 4800 to go, you know, signifying I had a, you know, I, I put 25% of my chips into play. I had a hand, uh, sent a message to him, and he comes back over the top all in. And, you know, we're one, two in the chips. You're not supposed to, the two <laughs> chip leaders aren't supposed to tangle unless you really have a hand. And I almost laid the hand down, and I'm thinking it through, and I said, Steven's a sharp player. He's thinking that I made a move on him, and he made a move back on me, and I just I couldn't lay it down. I said, Steven, I got a call, I, you know, and he goes, great call. Well, Steven, you, you want to say what happened after that? <laughs> well, first let me say that uh, Marco writes a lot about poker in his blogs, and it's very interesting stuff, and some people may think Marco's not a good poker player, but I can tell you firsthand, Marco is an excellent poker player. And on this particular hand he's talking about, um, he made a, a, a substantial raise on me. I was big blind, 
And I, Markle's right. I thought he was making a move. And with King Jack, uh, I thought I had the cards to uh, go over the top on him and uh, try to put him. I figured if he had a, a better hand, he would have gone all in. And worst comes to worst, you know, he's got a pair or something, and I can knock out a very good player here. And uh, he turned over ace jack suited to my king jack offsuit. And right away, I admit it, Marco outplayed me here. I said, good, good call, Marco, great call. And as soon as the words are out of my mouth, the flop comes out, 9, 10, queen. <laughs> well, needless to say, I, I won the hand, but I, I, I take no pride in it. It was a, a, Marco is right. It was a suck out. And, uh, <laughs> Four uh, cards straight, hits a three, three outer. The, the king's the only card that can save him, but uh, he didn't hit the king, but the king is the card that saved him. Uh, we both ended up with the straight. Uh, I got it to the queen, and he's got it to the king. Ah, uh, congratulations. Well played, sir. <laughs> well, I will accept the congratulations. I don't know how well it played it was. It was, But it just kind of proves the old axiom. It's better to be lucky than good. Okay. Well, next time we'll get VR and maybe RJ in the tournament and just see who have a little last longer bet. <laughs> what do you think, VR? Are you I'm up for that? All You're all over it. it? Okay. All right. Enough about my bad beat. Uh, well, no. I got two more bad beats I want to talk about. And it's, and it's something I want to talk about in baseball here in this segment what about these bullpens right now uh, the bullpens are just blowing up in you know in back-to-back nights you know you always know the games you're involved in and you know maybe you guys can say some more and I know Steven you you look at every game but bullpens Mark are the bane of my baseball existence <laughs> it's just been incredible in back-to-back nights I had on Monday Tampa Bay I'm sitting at the Bellagio playing cards Monday night, and I'm looking at the score. You know, Tampa Bay keeps putting runs up. It's ten nothing. I'm looking at a three and and0 day on Monday, and I leave the Bellagio, go pick up my fiance. We go to dinner, and by the time I left the Bellagio and got to the restaurant, it was ten nine in the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs. And lo and behold, a minute later, they flash up. It's eleven ten final, and I'm just want to you know like puke okay how does this happen yeah of course Markle's talking about that Tampa Bay Cleveland game uh and I mean little league teams don't blow 10 runs leads it's well, little league teams they stop it isn't there a 10 run rule <laughs> <laughs> the game's over yeah and not to be outdone Tuesday night I've got under nine in the Arizona San Diego game and it's six nothing going to the eighth inning guys pitching a shutout through seven innings you know we're cruising on the under and uh, San Diego scores five runs off the bullpen in the eighth and ninth yeah. inning to blow the blow the under that one I feel your pain because I had the Diamondbacks at, at that one and they blow a seven to one lead against the Padres mm. the Padres I don't know what's more shocking the Padres winning 10 games in a row or the Padres batting 220 during that 10 game winning streak absolutely amazing that they that they were able to win 10 games that way what what do you think VR i mean they they definitely had to do it with pitching because they weren't hitting the ball like Steven just said when when you're batting 167 for the game and getting wins um, you're definitely doing it with pitching. Their offense is miserable. I mean, they're 28th in runs. They're 30th in batting average. So if they're going to do anything, it's going to have to be with pitching. Um, their strength has been b- being able to win at home. Everybody knows it's a pitcher's ballpark. It's always been an advantage, and San Diego plays well there. And looking at their record, they're 17-6 and six at home. They're a 500 team, which tells you how, how – 
mediocre they actually are being six and 17 on the road. So I was shocked they won 10 in a row, but I mean, let's tell it like it is. They were all at home. And as soon as they went on the road, they won one game and they lost right away. So, you know, I wouldn't jump on this and think they're going to do it again or it's, they're going to contend against Los Angeles for long. What a joke of a division is this NL West. The Padres are signifying that they are giving up on the season by trying to trade Peavy, their ace, to the White Sox. The Rockies now, there's all kinds of reports, they're ready to throw in the towel. They're ready to trade all their players. And then you, and then you have the Giants, the other team. Team, their hitting makes the Padres look like the 27 Yankees. I mean, what a joke of a division. Well, you got to t- well, think about it for a second. San Diego wins 10 in a row to move into second, and they're still eight and a half games out of first place, and, and we're not even to June 1st yet. So what, what's that tell you about the division? Yeah, like we, the Dodgers are not in trouble without Manny. They're just fine. Yeah, they'll, they'll be good. So I, I think that uh, the takeaway from here is that uh, because of the 10-game the winning streak that they had, I think that you're going to get some value going against San Diego here in the, in the next 10 days. And uh, I think we would all agree that uh, you know, they're a play against here over the next week or so. Absolutely. That's what me and Steve were actually talking about before the podcast, how uh, right now a, a good team, when they go on that kind of run and they lose a game or two, they're able to get back up again. But when you're just a mediocre team and you've played so far above your ability and and to get them 10 wins I, I think after you lose one or two it's just so hard to get up again at that level that it took to win 10 games so I would definitely look to fade them and uh, like you said there's going to be value in it because the betting public saw them winning and these pitchers that are coming up now to pitch show good marks looking at their last game or two. Look at today. They're a minus 150 favorite on the road. So, you know, the marketplace hasn't hasn't adjusted yet for them to start losing. Yeah, again, we're taping on uh, Wednesday, so we're talking about the matchup. And they're a favorite on the road with a pitcher that they're trying to trade. <laughs> you know, uh, moving to another team here that I want to talk about, what has happened to the Toronto Blue Jays? You know, here's a team – that just a little over a week ago was 27 and 14, um, you know, playing great ball in the AL East. And all of a sudden they lose eight games in a row. They, you know, they're at 27 and 22 and, you know, they've dropped two spots in the uh, division. You know, what do you make of what's going on there? Well, they were over their heads, Mark. You know that, uh, especially their offense. I mean, their offense, it was leading the majors in all the, the, the key statistical categories. It's not that good. I mean, it's not as bad as what their streak is right now where they're having trouble scoring. It's somewhere there in the middle. So I just think uh, VR is just kind of uh, reaching the, the, the mid-level where they should have been. Well, you hit it right on the head. This, score, this team's only scored more than three runs one time in their last 10 games. Um, you're not going to win too many games in the American League putting up that little run production. Um, but what, what I think has changed is their pitching is starting to give up a couple more runs than they were earlier in the season. Now all of a sudden you look at them and they're ranked ninth in ERA, where just two weeks ago they were second. So I think that the pitching isn't doing what it had, was, had done earlier in the season. I think their offense is, offensive problems is catching up with them. And more importantly, they can't. This team has shown they can't beat anyone in the American League East. Um, they've won four games against their division. Uh, they're four and seven. All their damage was done elsewhere, and, and this team just can't win on the road. 
you know, all their wins come at home, 16 and 6. So I don't think they're going to do much. They are only a game and a half back. But I think Boston and the Yankees and even Tampa Bay possibly, I think they're just a notch better than this Toronto team. There's no question that they were playing over their heads. I agree with you. There's no question that the offense was overachieving. But what the offense is doing now, I mean, this is it's absolutely ridiculous. They've gone nine straight games without scoring over three runs. And a lot of those games are, are zero and ones. I, you just, I just can't fathom how a team can go that cold. In the American League, too. Yeah, you know. with, with the DH. But, uh, you know, do you think there's value that this team, you know, right now everybody's going to, you know, overreact and say, you know, what they did at the beginning was such a fluke and this is the real Toronto. You know, where's the value at? You know. They're so, they're not as good as they were, and they're definitely not as bad as they're playing right now. So where do you put the value on this? Value team? could be with some of their young pitchers. They have some yeah. good young pitchers. And if you're going to bet them, definitely look for spots at home because this pitching staff, Halliday, they're going to be favored on the road many times, um, especially because of their record and being only one and a half back in the American League East. So this is definitely a team you don't want to back on the road. I mean, today, they're such a high favorite again on the road. But you're looking at a team, you know, that that wins 30, 35, 40% tops of their road games. So laying anything over, you know, even money on them is a bad bet. So I think if you're going to play them, you could play them at home. And you might have to lay a little chalk, lay that $1.45, $1.60 range. But I think they do win at a high enough rate that if you pick your spots, you could turn a profit back in them at home. Yeah. Let it be known that this entire losing streak has been on the road. I mean, they're, they've been on a long uh, road trip here, and they're going to return back home on Friday night. But, you know, they get the, the Red Sox, which – you could get some nice value with them in this series. Absolutely. Uh, you know, because people, the Red Sox are hot right now in Toronto, so cold. But just one caution I don't know how you guys do, but in my handicapping, I hate taking a, team, a home team the first game home after a long road trip. Yeah, you got to be don't, careful of that. I, don't I like, like to see how they, they I don't react. like that first game. Especially a, a young team because they have so many personal issues they've got to take care of after being. Uh, gone for so long. The Red Sox, though, Marco, they don't scare me on the road. Well, but that you know they can score some runs, and uh, you don't need many the way Toronto's, Toronto's been playing right now. And that, the other thing too, with what well, you can't forget with Toronto is they, they, their surface, their their where they play is a lot different. Teams aren't used to that environment, so I think they have even a higher edge. I think you have to weigh a little more on their park factor. I always do when with that Toronto team and any team that plays on a surface that that maybe teams Teams play 20% of their games on at the most, possibly even 10%, you know. So teams that play on them kind of different services have a definite edge. Okay, this was a good second segment. Uh, I think our takeaways here from the second segment is we all agree that San Diego we're going to be going against uh, in you know, the next week to 10 days and looking spots. And I think we agree that uh, Toronto's not as bad as they look, and we'll we'll be looking for some nice spots to take them in the coming uh, week at home, pick our spots with them so you can get some value there. Now, we'll be back here in the third segment uh, where we'll have our free picks and we'll have some uh, special offers for you, and we'll tell you about some of the hot cappers at the site. So we'll be right back in one second. 
For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. Welcome to the third and final segment of the Sports Betting Preview Show. This is your host, Marco D'Angelo, along with Vegas Runner and Steven Nover. We're going to have our free picks, but before we do, it's our uh, my favorite part of the show. I get to give away RJ's money. And we do each and every week here on a podcast. We're going to give a coupon. It's going to be good for $10. You can go to pregamepros.com uh, to our pros site. Listen to, or I should say, check out all of the hot cappers. we got two guys at the site on real nice runs. Dwayne Bryant, 11-3 and three with his last 14 best bets. That's his double diamond higher plays. And Spartan has been nailing the NBA playoffs. He's hit eight of his last nine, doing very well. And uh, if you go to the site and enter the following coupon, and in honor of Steven this week, we're going to make the coupon suck out. 10. The coupon is suck out 10, all one word, and the number 10. And uh, think of Steven uh, whenever you use that coupon, and uh, you'll be able to take $10 off your purchase at the checkout. And you like that one, Steven? Well, Marco, if Doyle Brunson can win with a 10 4, can I win with a King Jack? Actually, it was a 10 deuce. 10 deuce? Okay. Okay, good times, good times. Well, let's get to that free winner. We're going to start things off with Vegas Runner. And um, VR, how's things going for you uh, with your picks? Uh, Never better. Uh, Actually, I'm starting to heat up in baseball, and and I've always kicked ass in baseball. I had a great year last year. I had an even better one the year before. And I'm at the point now where we're grinding out a profit night in and night out, and we're ahead for the year. So now it's everything from here on in is going to be profit. So I, I like where we're at in baseball. And in the NBA playoffs, I've gotten a good grip of them as they've gone on. I started off um, behind, actually, but I'm uh, 16 and 8 my last last almost three weeks and 10 and 5 over the last 15 picks so i'm, I'm grinding out a profit as well in, in the nba but i did get my ass kicked in in mma this past weekend um i have been nailing fights uh destroying them i was nine and four going in and i got reverse sweeped um i still ahead oh almost nine um units for the year so uh, it's still a profitable sport but uh this past weekend a lot of underdogs hurt me but let's get to the free pick and uh this one i'm gonna have the guys earn um this is setting up for future earnings i, I everyone knows it's no secret i think the lakers advance in this series i really do um i see them winning outright game five and, and eventually closing it down um so what I'm going to do is give out the Lakers to win the NBA championship. Right now, it's at least plus 120, probably even get one plus 125, 130. Lakers to win the NBA championship. Here's why. If Orlando meets them, Orlando will be a huge dog. You could then hedge, guarantee yourself a profit. If Cleveland comes back and beats Orlando and advances, they're going to be a dog to the Lakers. I mean, having to go seven against Orlando, mm. Lakers will come out of a favor. Either way... If the Lakers get past Denver in this series, you could lock in a guaranteed profit. As a matter of fact, this is a bet I'm going to send out to my clients tonight with their package today. Um, I really think there's a lot of value there. I'm going to step up and probably even put as much as four units on it so I have enough to maneuver a little later on. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, uh, VR. Let's go to Steven Nover. Steven, I know NBA's been uh, treating you really well. How's things going? Well, uh, I'm 71 games above 500 since December. 
Yeah, um, let's just stop and think about that, guys. 71 games over 500. That's just remarkable. Great like job, Steve. like winning Steven. a game a day almost. Yeah, I, I, it's been my best NBA regular season. Um, the playoffs, though, haven't been as good, at least early on. But but lately, though, I've kind of got back in the groove. I'm 4-1 and one on my last five NBA plays. And as far as a free pick today, um, I would say um, fade the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, there's going to be some, still some lingering effects from their blown uh, 11 to 10 loss, where they blew that 10 nothing lead. That's a factor. They don't have a closer, a legitimate closer. They've lost now their shortstop, so they're without their their middle infielders. They're both their shortstop and their second baseman, both good players, both are out. Now that's going to be reflected in the line for the next day or two. But after that, after a few days, you know, the it'll just get put in the wash. You know, they won't remember that. So this is a team that, of course, way overachieved last year. They come down to earth. They got problems. Fade the Rays. Okay, thanks a lot, Stephen, and uh, thanks for bringing up uh, blowing that game again, uh, Tampa Bay. I just you know <laughs> love you to bring that up again. Uh, I'm going to go to my play. Uh, I was doing extremely well. Uh, baseball was running real good. Uh, obviously, the last two days uh, I had a couple bad beats, and ironically, the my two baseball bad beats uh, followed my Sunday bad beat with uh, Mr. Nover. But uh, that's another story. Uh, let's get to a game. I'm going to I. Don't have which day it's going to go, so you're going to watch a pitching matchup. Uh, I, Detroit Tigers, they're starting to play better baseball, and they got their, their horse back in form. And Justin Verlander right now Monster. is a, an absolute beast. They're going to be on the road in Baltimore. Baltimore's not a good team. And uh, I think you're going to get a reasonable line you know, with Detroit on the road. Take Detroit, the game Verlander pitches against Baltimore – don't matter which matchup he goes up against. The guy right now, he's a stud for Detroit. He's pitching extremely well. I like him. Um, last outing, 13 to one victory on, I believe it was Memorial Day. Um, go with him. That's going to be my free pick this week. Um, you guys got anything closing thoughts you you want to add to that? Yeah, the one thing I wanted to add actually, and something interesting I saw that I think the uh, listeners are going to enjoy. Station Casinos, which has a lot of properties out here, you know, they've got six or seven outs for sure. So they have a big market share as far as sports books go here in Vegas. Um, they already put out a line for the possible matchup, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather Jr. It has to take place within a year of when you place your wager, I believe, is how they're handling it. And Mayweather is a minus 125 or one. It was 130. I think he went to 125 favorite against Pacquiao if the match goes. I can see him. You guys, you can't see audio. Okay, this guy's over here licking his chops right now, (laughs) waiting for this matchup. Are you going to – if the fight will be here in Vegas, most likely. Absolutely, it'll be You're here, breaking out sure. the fur coat. They, if it's here, they might do it in the Philippines, they're saying, believe it or not. Oh, Another my. thrill in Manila because they're expecting that huge of a crowd and that kind of fanfare. Anybody that's never seen VR make a trek to the Strip, uh, you know, he, he is definitely pimp daddy whenever he goes on to the Strip for a big uh, sporting event. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, ne- you know, next time I'll have to take the camera along and we'll get that posted up on uh, the site. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been a great show, guys. Uh, it's a sports betting preview show, uh, pregame.com podcast. We'll be back next week, same time. And uh, for Stephen Nover, 
Vegas runner and normal host RJ Bell. This is Marco D'Angelo saying talk to you next week.